You're listening to Mountain View Church Audio. My name's Jeremy, and I'm a local pastor here in Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. Each week, we bring you a fresh message designed to help you encounter Jesus through biblical instruction. You don't have to know anything about the Bible. We're just glad you're here. What would you choose if you had a choice between wealth and wisdom? If God were to grant you as much wealth as possible, as, wi- as much wisdom as possible, what would you choose? I-, I think we'd like to believe that we would choose wisdom, but for many of us, there's be, there'd be a huge temptation to want wealth. And the desire for wealth is not something that's, that's new. Well, this morning, I want to introduce you to a man, a young man, a young king, actually, named Solomon. And King Solomon, he's an ancient king, and we learn about him, and we can read about him in an ancient uh, text called First Kings in the Bible, in the Old Testament. And King Solomon absolutely loved God. He really did, in his heart of hearts, wanted to love God and serve God. He worshipped him. He wanted to do the best he could for God. He wanted to do what was right, what was honorable. And there is an account in 1 Kings 3 of what takes place when God gives King Solomon an opportunity. An opportunity to be blessed with something really great. If you have a Bible with you, uh, turn to the book of uh, 1 Kings. 1 Kings is near the very front of your Bible. It's pretty close to the front. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Bible, you can go ahead and look in the very front, if you have one now, and look in the front of it into uh, the table of contents, find 1 Kings and get there. And we're going to turn to chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3. And uh, we're going to start by looking at verses 5 through 9. And here's what it says. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father. Because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in this place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? All right, let's just stop there. Uh, This is an amazing moment. Uh, King Solomon recognizes that his his father, King David, a very famous uh, king, you might have heard of David and Goliath. Uh, David, the young boy who killed Goliath, would end up becoming King David. And uh, a, a king, a man after God's own heart. And King Solomon, his son, 
realizes that God and David had a great relationship and they want a great relationship as well. Or he wants a great relationship with God as well. And, and so he, he can choose what he wants to be blessed by God. And he chooses that he would have a, a mind of understanding, the, the ability to make good decisions. And he's, he's telling God, he's, he's realizing that he is king over a multitude of people. That there is, that God's chosen people is a massive, massive amount, a multitude, he says. And out of all the things that God could bless him with, he's saying, help me have understanding. Help me make good decisions. Help me make right choices for your people. Basically, he's saying, this sums up, give me wisdom that I can govern your people well, that I can reign this kingdom well. Well, in the next few verses, we read about God's response, and we actually read that God was quite pleased. It says this, starting in verse 10 of 1 Kings 3. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. This is an amazing moment. You know, God is so pleased. He's saying, look, Solomon, you could have chosen a long life. You could have chose wealth. Uh, you could have even chose revenge. At that time, being a king in a kingdom, at that time, every king's got enemies. Uh, uh, there's always some other kingdom that wants to reign your territory. And, and, and so the enemies of the kingdom uh, of God's people, he could have asked for that revenge and God could have struck down them, but he didn't ask for that. Out of all the things he could have asked for, he chose wisdom. And God was so, so pleased with King Solomon that the ability to make good decisions was at his heart. And so the God, God and so the same God that had a great relationship with David would have a great relationship with King Solomon and he would grant him not only wisdom, but he would grant him other things too, riches and honor. Not because he asked for it, but because he didn't ask for it. And that's crucial. Well, King Solomon, although he was a young, young king at the time, he said this, this prayer, he made this request and God blessed him. He would go on to become an amazing king, a very wise king. And out of uh, a few books of the Bible known as the wisdom literature, that, that Solomon would write three of those five books that the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon, would be written by Solomon. And so the wisdom that God blessed him with, he would put into the pages of what, of what we now refer to as the Bible, a group of 66 books. Three of those books uh, were written by King Solomon. And when we look at these books, there's one book in particular, the book of Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs is like amazing life principles, timeless life principles that applied in the ancient days, but also apply today. And within those ancient principles, 
we find that many of them have to do with finances or like key topics related to finances and money, like debt and greed and laziness versus working hard and saving for the future and giving to the poor as well as kingdom giving to God's plan and mission to save humanity. There's all that stuff in there. Now, if we look into Proverbs, there's one proverb that I think sums up what Solomon's kind of mission of the book of Proverbs is. If we look to Proverbs 3, verses 13 and 14, Proverbs 3, verses 13 and 14, King Solomon writes this, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. Verse 15 says, she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare to her. What Solomon is saying here is if you are able to attain wisdom and he has attained it by God and if we are to attain wisdom, it is greater than silver, it is greater than gold, it is greater than precious jewels. And and Solomon almost talks about wisdom. It's kind of poetic here. He talks about it almost like a beautiful queen that should be honored, revered, royalty, this beautiful queen uh, called wisdom that is more precious and valuable, should be revered and honored above anything else. And Solomon is saying, out of everything, out of all the wealth you might get, wisdom is far greater. Well, today is the first day of our fall series. Through the whole month of October and November, we're going to be going through a series called Dollars and Cents. Now, not cents as in pennies, nickels, and dimes, but cents, like good sense, the ability to make good decisions. The series is called Dollars and Cents, Proverbial Wisdom to Bank on. And we're going to be looking at Solomon's book here of Proverbs, and we're going to be seeking out all these key topics related to our finances and related to wealth and poverty and greed and debt and saving and giving and all these things. And we're going to start unpacking some of these Proverbs. And and hopefully over the next two months, we're going to gain some amazing insight. We're going to gain some of that valuable wisdom that Solomon's talking about. But Solomon wasn't the only man to talk about money. In fact, many years later, God would send his son Jesus, and Jesus would come to save the world. He would die for the sin of the world, all those things of greed and debt and theft and lying and all those things that money often leads to, that Jesus would die for that sin, the sins of the world But that three days later, Jesus would conquer sin and death and rise from the dead and make a way for all humanity to access a holy God, even though humanity's fallen and sinful and greedy. Jesus would take it all. And Jesus, while he was on earth, he actually talked about money more than any other topic. There's there's more content in the Gospels. Once you place it down to individual topics that, that finances seems to be a key thing that Jesus talked about. And you, and you might wonder, well, why is that? What's the deal with that? Well, I think much like in the Old Testament, God's gifting of wisdom to Solomon and Solomon talking about so many Proverbs related to money, that that, that that can be a snare for us. That can be a real trip up for anyone, both in the ancient world and today. Money can cause a ton of problems. It can tempt us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. 
And, and Jesus, both in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, in both gospel accounts, there's a record of Jesus saying one important statement related to money and related to our heart. Matthew 6, 21. Okay, Matthew 6, 21. Matthew 6, 21 says this. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and this, this is kind of poetic, but what does Jesus really mean here? Well, what he's saying is, whatever you value in this life, whatever you treasure, whatever you think is just the best, whatever you really, really want, that that actually, that points to something deeper. What you cherish and what you value, that's what you're in love with. That's what Jesus says. What you treasure, that's where your heart is. And, and Jesus, this is a huge statement for every single one of us, whether we're hearing about Jesus for the first time right here today or whether we've heard about Jesus a, a thousand times over, it causes us to pause and to stop and say, what do I treasure? Because in asking that question, we might realize that we treasure and value something like money or possessions more than Jesus. And if that's true, that maybe means that we love that stuff, that money, more than we love Jesus. You see, what Solomon know and what Jesus obviously know is that, is that wisdom when we're gifted with wisdom, when we focus on wisdom, wisdom will always lead us to God. A, a deep desire to have understanding gifted by God will lead us to a desire for God and to be one with God. And then when we do that, and when we seek that, we find God's design for humanity to know him and be at one with him, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. And so today, we ask the question, what do I treasure? What do I treasure? What am I in love with? And maybe for the first time you realize that you've been in love with and you've been treasuring a lot of stuff. Your heart has been lost in a ton of places. But today, for the first time, you realize, I need Jesus. I need him to be my treasure. I need God's wisdom gifted through the Holy Spirit that comes through giving my life and accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so today, if you would like to give your life to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to say a prayer right now, and you can pray in your own words if you'd like to, or you can follow along with me. And whether you're giving your life to Jesus for the first time, or you're a Christian who just needs recentered, we can say this prayer in full assurance that Jesus will send his spirit, and he will reset things for us. And our, our love and for wealth and possessions, he'll remove that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have a ton of sins that separate me from you. They get in the way. They cause me and other people a lot of pain. And they really stem from my own selfishness and self-centeredness. But I'm thankful that you made a way. Thank you for sending your son Jesus 
to die for that sin, for that wrong that I've done. Today, I acknowledge that. And thank you that Jesus didn't remain dead and buried, but that he rose again to conquer my sin and to conquer all of that stuff that gets in the way of my relationship with you. Today, Father, I state that I believe in Jesus and I give my life to you. I accept Jesus Christ as my savior and as the answer for everything I'm looking for. Please send your Holy Spirit to me to teach me how to be wise, how to make good decisions. Help me have understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Emma, and today I'm getting baptized. Growing up, I lived in a small town called Houston, BC. I grew up with the most amazing family, my extended family, everybody in my family's Christian. I first accepted Christ into my life when I was about seven years old. It was a Sunday and I went to church that day and the pastor had been talking about accepting Christ into your life and baptism. I just wanted to learn more about it, so I asked my parents, I asked my grandparents. So I talked about it with them, and that night I decided I was going to accept Jesus into my life. So I just prayed to him, and I asked him to be in my life, to be in my heart. I'm getting baptized today because I want to follow Jesus. I want the world to know that I follow Jesus. I'm Kathleen, and this is my story. I feel like I've known God casually all throughout my life. I was baptized as an infant in the Roman Catholic Church, and I went to Sunday school till I was about eight years old. That being said, God and church were never really a big part of my life, and it wasn't until I was older that I realized that something was missing. As time went on, I started my work as a nurse, and I started to have questions about the meaning of life and death. Motherhood soon followed, and I realized I had even bigger questions about life's bigger purpose. I was fortunate enough to go to an in-service led by an American psychologist on healing, and what he said really rang true to me. He said, a lot of people spend time healing their mind, and they spend a lot of time healing their body, but they don't spend very much time healing their soul. And that made a lot of sense to me and for also the people that I was helping, and I realized I wanted to look at how to heal my soul. After that point, I feel like God started sending the resources that I needed to answer my questions. I found myself walking on the treadmill one day after my second daughter was born, and I was randomly hooked up to a Christian motherhood podcast. And as I was listening, the messages that I was receiving were such a relief. After that, I was motivated to start going to church and to start reading the Bible. Even through all of that, I was becoming frustrated that I wasn't having any aha or miraculous moment where I could declare myself a follower of Jesus. So one day, I decided to pray to God about it. After that, I decided to finish standing my fence, and my husband suggested that I put a podcast on to pass the time. So I went back to my trusty Christian motherhood podcast. As I was painting away mindlessly, the speaker's message rang clear. She said, Jesus has the answers, flee to him and I will go with you. 
That was the message I needed and I could feel the Holy Spirit in my body. That was the moment that I decided to dedicate my life to Jesus. I'm choosing to get baptized again as an adult because I feel like this is a significant point in my life where I've chosen to be a follower of Jesus. I'm getting baptized to signify the end of my old life and the beginning of my new life as a Christian. Thank you. You've been listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If God has used this message to impact your life today, I'd love to hear about it. Drop me a message at jeremy at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca or on your favorite social network at Pastor Jeremy Norton. To get connected with Mountain View Church or to support Mountain View Ministries through a financial gift, please visit mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. That's mountainviewwhitehorse.ca.